Hi everyone, this is Steve Hargadon. It's Thursday, October 15th, 2009, and tonight's a special conversation and futureofeducation.com interview with Howard Reinhold, except it's not an interview tonight. We're calling this Howard's Brainstorm. Uh, Teresa Pepp and I are here to help moderate, but tonight Howard takes over. Uh, the conversation is going to be on thinking tools. Welcome, Teresa, and welcome, Howard. Thank you. And, and thank you for the opportunity. Oh, delighted. So I'm just going to do a quick overview here. It looks like, um, at least on my screen, we've gone to the second slide. And I, you know, I have my earbud on, but people are saying that they're hearing some feedback. So I wonder what's going on there. Well, I actually am hearing a little bit of it too, but let's see if it goes away when I go off. And okay. now I'm not hearing it at all. Okay, so tonight's uh, session is sponsored by Learn Central, the social networking community for educators, and my passion project. So please visit and let us know what you think. LearnCentral.org it has Illuminate built in. You can hold meetings with others using the same environment. You can actually hold large public meetings for free. So it's a lot of fun. LearnCentral.org. And coming up, we have some awesome. Um, sessions. Uh, starting on Monday, Angela Myers is convening a special panel with uh, uh, those who helped write the Carnegie Report on Adolescent Literacy. October 20th, SRI on Social Networking. October 21st, the uh, Chair of Creative Commons, Esther, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name yet. Tim I think Westergren it's Wojcicki. Pandora. Wojcicki. Tim Westergren from Pandora, uh, Pandora, Henry Jenkins. Uh, and lots of other fun interviews coming up, including Howard again on November 19th, uh, and then and later on I think in January. Um, if this is your first time in Illuminate, I want to show you uh, very briefly just how to use the room. This is going to be a conversation tonight, so there is uh, opportunity for active participation. Uh, the first way you can participate is to use the emoticons that are below the participant window. So look for the clapping hand, the smiley face, the confused look and the thumbs down, those are ways of expressing uh, your response to something. If you'd like, you can also actually send a message in the chat. Uh, you do that by typing in the chat box and then clicking send. You can send to other individuals uh, what appear to be fully private messages, but do be aware that Teresa, uh, Howard, and I do see all messages, so they're not entirely private. Um, I'm. Uh, at the point at which you might want to actually take the microphone and say something, you need to make sure that your microphone is um, configured for this environment. So if you're thinking you might do that, go up to Tools Audio and run the Audio Setup Wizard. Okay, now I'm going to give you an ability to modify the whiteboard. And we're going to pull up a world map here. And if you'll click on the wand to the left of the map, it's the little wand with the red star at the end, and then click on the map, you can let us know where you're listening from. It's also fun in the chat to put, um, there you go, people are putting their uh, where they're from, and sometimes even the weather. Fun to have uh, people from around the world in tonight's session. Lots of fun, lots of geographic variety tonight. Okay, so I'm going to move us forward one page. And I'm going to leave the screen up, Howard, because you have lots of things to do for us tonight. Uh, I'm going to let you take over. Teresa and I are going to be tech support staff, but Howard's in charge, so take it away. 
Okay. Thank you, Steve. This uh, is an example of how I get sucked into stuff. But Steve did an interview with me that some of you might remember, and it was so exciting, I, I want to get involved. So I don't really know how to operate Illuminate, and Steve is showing me how. The advantage of what we're doing here today is, I think, eventually, I'm going to have a pretty polished version of what I'm going to be stumbling around in right now. The, the positive side of that is that it's an exploration. We don't know what's going to happen, and that's always exciting to me, and I, I suspect it's exciting to the other 77 people who are here by nature of the fact that you found your way here. You like to experiment with uh, different ways of learning using media. So I took the word brainstorms because there's a, a, a provenance to that for me historically in the, in the 1980s when desktop publishing became available and I was a freelancer. Uh, I got the advice from someone that, that nobody has a job for you, but everybody has a problem to solve, and you need to make sure they think of you when, when that problem comes up. So I, I started a paper newsletter and hand-painted hand it. That's sort of part of the origins in my painted shoes. I got on a ladder and I splattered all the envelopes, and I sent out about two or three hundred of these every month, and I did get work from them. And it was a way of exploring all kinds of different ideas that later ended up in longer pieces and in books. In 1998, when I, I created a virtual community after the implosion of electric mines, I, I chose the name Brainstorms for it because I, I like to brainstorm and I thought of that more as a place where a lot of people could brainstorm together. And those of you who've read what I've written about Twitter literacy know that I, I think as a, a communicator, I need to tune in to, to people who are knowledgeable about the subjects that interest me, my personal learning network, as it were. And I also need to uh, feed nutritious information, knowledge, new things to try to the people who tune in to me. So this is another step in that. I uh, thought I would start out by uh, dealing with something in which I'm hardly qualified to to teach it, I'm, I'm just barely learning it myself. But again, I think by virtue of being here, you're, you're probably folks who understand what that learning curve feels like. So I want to talk about thinking tools in general and, and hone down to maybe talking about one in particular. And, and perhaps in future episodes, depending on the timing, we can, we can get into others. About uh, two weeks ago, I finally got uh, involved with messing with personal brain. Now, this is all part of the larger project. You've probably heard me speak about 21st century literacy. So I'm involved in making videos, teaching classes, creating lesson plans, writing a book. There will be a website. I've, I've done some, some widgets for, for those of you who've seen stuff that I've done with Sprout Builder. So I'm looking at at ways of holding all of the pieces of information and software and services and ways of doing things in, in mind at once. So I'm looking specifically right now at uh, personal brain 
and uh, Devin think. And so let's um, let's start out with with personal brain. I'm gonna, I'm going to put that up on on screen sharing, and I'll show you something that I'm just starting to learn. So you may know Jerry Mikowski. I, I I could get to his brain in a minute. He's got a hundred and fourth thousand thoughts in his brain after using it for 12 years. I've got about 300 after using it for about uh, 10 days. So let's see if I can switch to that screen sharing. It's the this one here. Steve, have I, I got the right one? Okay, I think, think so. It looks like it. So um, if you're uh, when you were seeing me on video, you might notice I'm kind of hunched over. I'm really kludging a lot of this together, and it will get smoother. But I'm using an, an earbud, and it's not quite long enough. So I've got to kind of lean towards the computer. And what I've got open on the screen here is the uh, personal brain uh, that I've set up for myself. Can, can you all see that? So Howard, I'm not seeing it yet. Did you click on the screen with the green right arrow? I did, and it's got a little. Is anybody seeing it? Camera icon. Oh, now I see it. It's a blue screen, now, it right? Looks as though you've, now it looks as though you've clicked and uh, taken a picture, and it's gone onto the whiteboard. But I'm not actually seeing the screen, the um, desktop share. So I want to know if anybody in the audience is actually seeing it. Uh, I yeah, I see that gray, big gray block too. What's the deal with that? Oops, maybe I I'm clicking you, this uh, this uh, wand tool a little bit too much. I think you're taking a photograph of your of your uh, application, and it's appearing on the whiteboard. But let's turn off application sharing and then okay, maybe back I on maybe again. I clicked on the wrong icon. Um, there, you know, there was an icon there that had a little camera on it. And the red green arrow. So okay, I think I've got it here. How's this? There we go. Okay, I can I no longer see the control screen. Okay, it's over here. So now um, you can see that uh, well, I started it with Howard, and uh, at the top level, I want to have the minimum number of thoughts. So each object in a a brain is a thought. There's, this is sort of the home, but actually you don't need to think so much in terms of a, a, a hierarchy because if you look in the lower left-hand corner, it does a really good search. So I could search for thinking tools and it would bring that up and I could click on that and it will bring thinking tools to be the central thought here. I can also pin that up here so it's kind of a, a little bookmark. I can always click on that. I've got the literacy project is uh, another uh, plex of stuff that I'm, I'm putting together. And you can see when I mouse over things that different things happen. So let's go back to thinking tools. You so see for those of you who are watching, if the screen's not large enough, feel free to drag it open and make it larger. OK, are you all seeing the, the whole screen here, or should I make mine a little smaller? It doesn't matter what size yours is, Howard. Um, okay. But if those who are watching can actually change the size of their uh, the screen they see. Okay. So when you mouse over a thought, you see in the lower left-hand corner, you can put copy in there. You can drag a PDF in there. You can put a graphic 
in there. Uh, I don't know, maybe you can even put a movie in there. I haven't tried that yet. As I said, I just got started. And you can see that this is associative. So when you click on a thought, it, it becomes the center. And you see above it, it's parents. And this is what connects to the parents here. And below it, it's children. And on the side, um, you can see siblings that have the same, same parent. And so I'm thinking about um, thinking tools, resources. What are the what are the main texts? So you can drag uh, things in here from your browser when you you find a website that you want to put in your brain. You can just drop it in here, and it will be a, end up as a subordinate link, a child of whatever is the main one right now. So. Um, you're probably aware of some of these, as we may think the Nevar Bush 1945 really wrote about the need for better tools for navigating information. Uh, and that what happened to be one of the things that was a, a, an inspiration for, for Doug Engelbart, um, you know, augmenting human intellect. You know, I should really uh, make a Doug Engelbart thought, and I probably want to make that a child of people. So uh, you, you can see you just type the first couple letters of something, and another thought appears. So it's, you get kind of used to just uh, not knowing exactly where you are, but being able to find where you want to go pretty easily. So we were talking about thinking tools text. So you can see the connections by mousing over stuff. You can also see that these are all connected to the actual resource. So if I click on any of these, it will fire up a browser uh, tab uh, with that resource in it. So as we may think, Vannevar Bush, Doug Engelbart was inspired by that, wrote Augmenting Human Intellect. I got very interested in what I call tools for thought uh, after I met Engelbart. And in fact, my whole book is online. There, there's a. I'm just beginning to collect uh, texts here. If you know of any others, please let me know. Nat Natural-born cyborgs. Uh, Andy Clark is another one, and he's said some interesting things about the fact that that much of our mind has been outside of our our brain for a long time. Ever since we started writing things down, we've we've used these exteriorized symbol. System, systems to extend our ability to think. And in fact, when Engelbart came along, he talked about automated symbol systems. So here I think you're seeing kind of an automated meta symbol manipulation system. So, um, so back to thinking tools. Is there any number Howard, of ways? Howard, you're getting you a couple of questions in the chat. OK. Uh, do you want me to pull them out for you? Uh, yeah, uh, please do. I, I see one um, that they, they see that it's related to inspiration uh, comes to mind. And in fact, I did play with inspiration when it first came out. And it does have a lot of similarities to inspiration. I, I guess the, the, the main difference, and I'll talk about that when I, I, I talk about the difference between this and a, a concept map is this kind of dynamic um, linking 
of things and um, and different ways of looking at things. Another question. Let's get kids called actually, up on actually related to what you just said. Um, can you can you create links between these dynamic links? Create different thoughts. Create links between different thoughts. So I actually just did one. So um, maybe let's go to education, and I've got education tools. Um, and so maybe I want to create one for illuminate. And so I've created a thought for illuminate. And I'm going to make that the center thought. And if you look down at the bottom, can you see below the uh, blue part of the screen? There's a, there's a, you can a, scroll a, down, everybody. Yeah, there's a panel down there where I can add an attachment. And presumably there's a, a URL. So what URL would I put in there for Illuminate, Steve? Illuminate.com, E-L-L-U-M-I. Now, I could have dragged the, the, the save icon in there just as well. I don't know. I haven't tried dragging uh, uh, pictures and uh, and sounds in uh, yet. So I don't. As I said, I'm just beginning to play with this. So here's illuminate and um, boy, I think there's a, a connection between uh, this. This is kind of a sideways connection, or is this illuminate? You know, I think that this is a parent of this as well. So, you know, uh, things can have multiple parents here. So you can see that I, I can make connections. You can always make new connections. These three dots here. Uh, this one, if you drag it somewhere, will, will create a parent. And this one, if you drag it somewhere, will create a child. And this, if you drag it somewhere, will create what they call a jump. Uh, you know, like a friend, I guess, friend of the family. If the dot is filled, that means that it's got something there. And if it's hollow, it means it doesn't have something there. So also, the, the various resources that you have dragged in here and that you've been messing with, they're represented down here. So you can mouse over those and see what's below it. And you can go through that to some degree. You can also use your back tool here to backtrack through your trail, which is something that Vannevar Bush uh, talked about. And you can also see different views. So you can see this in an outlined view. And you can expand that um, or contract that. So you know, to that degree, it's, it's reminiscent of a, an outliner. It does have an outliner in it. Okay, back to some of these questions. There is a free version and there is a pro version of this. Oh, I hear that someone was a recipient of that of brainstorms way back when. Isn't that interesting? I recognize some names from Twitter and elsewhere. I'm looking back through the chat to see if there are any questions. Somebody have a question they want to ask audio while I'm going back through these? If you do, just click the hand icon with the green up arrow. That's why you're raising your hand and we can give you the mic. Howard, so I'm kind of curious. Uh, thinking tools for me are ones where my ability to think changes or it's different. So in what ways does this program actually change how you think? Well, I'm, I'm, as I said before, I've got lots of pieces of this thing. And, and being able to, to lay them all out, I think, is very important. The last book I wrote, I, I 
ended up um, actually printing out pages and, and laying them uh, physically on the large table around me and then putting stickies on those. And so I'm, that was eight years ago. And I think it's time to, to get uh, a little more advanced in terms of being able to do that. But also, um, DevonThink is another one I'm playing with. Also, I want to be able to to very, very rapidly shuffle to do with thoughts what you can do with word processors. So Different ways Naomi of seeing the same thing. Naomi, I've given you the mic. To turn the mic on, you just click the uh, microphone, the large microphone button in the audio box. I think you meant to raise your hand. If not, we'll turn it over to Susan. Oh, okay. Susan, I'm giving you the mic. Susan Huppin, you were asking for the mic. If you were, just click on the large uh, microphone button in the audio box to start talking. Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I didn't click on the microphone button. Um, I immediately think of a classroom, and I think of potential overlap of different students thinking in different ways about the same topic. I, I wonder if you thought about how this might happen, where the same words or the same thoughts somehow for different people might overlap. You know, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm beginning to use concept maps in, um, in the classroom. Um, let, let's see if I can find my way to it. Wouldn't that be cool if two people's brains show up in the same screen and overlap? Well, uh, uh, yes, uh, and also one thing when, when talking with Jerry and doing screen sharing, I, I wished I could drag a thought from mine into his, and a whole family of thoughts or insights of mine, or to link from them. So, um, concept mapping is you know, a variety of thinking tool here, and uh, maybe, I, maybe I won't have time to get to that, maybe I, I won't. But you know, something that I did today was that I, I interviewed Jerry Mikowski. Uh, this is really the first time I did this, so I have to apologize for the sound. But I have a little video of him. He's really a master of the brain. And maybe I will show that, and I can chat with you while that's uh, showing for a while. And uh, I'll probably cut it off at some point. But, but um, I'm going to I'm going to switch to that now. And which let's see, which icon do I want? So I'm closing down the application chair in order to have you click the, the world icon to do the video. You're going to go to a web page with the video. Okay.
Is my microphone on as well? Yes. So did you close that window down? I did not close that window down. So... Oh, do you want me to close that window? No, no. Some people are, are saying they're not hearing the sound. Okay, I'm trying to... We must be talking over it. Okay, I stopped the, the video. How do I turn off the web tour? I turned it off for you, and in the future, all you do is just click that same globe again, or actually close the window, and as a moderator, your control then closes it for everyone. Okay, okay, thanks. Um, so I wanted to... Um, okay, someone's got their hand raised. Let's Let's... Let's go to that first. But I wanted to get back to something Chris, that we had said to each other there. Chris, I've given you the mic. If you are interested in asking a question, just click on the large microphone button in the audio area. Um, my question is, is the, uh, will the brain be backed up online, or does it have to be saved locally? Uh, you can back it up uh, online. Um, what what I do, because I, I have a desktop computer and a laptop computer, is, is mine actually lives on a, on a thumb drive. So I move the thumb drive from computer to computer, and I keep a backup of the, the database on, um, on my desktop computer. And everything on the desktop computer is automatically backed up. So I've got uh, multiple backups for it, but it, it lives on a thumb drive, and I think I can probably fit all of this on the thumb drive forever because it's not really a lot of a lot of bits um, in there. But I, you know, I wanted to. Uh, someone had said that it was confusing uh, to them, and, and I wanted to return to what I was. Well, maybe I can put my video on here again, right? Okay, I've I, I put video uh, back on uh, for me, but. Um, what I mean by infotention is that part of this is a mental discipline. You, you learn and, and relearn new ways to deal with complexity, going all the way back to Vannevar Bush and, and, and Doug Engelbart. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's creating better tools for us to handle complexity. And we, we have a long evolution of such tools. An outliner, I think, embodies abstraction, if you can if you can expand and contract uh, and uh, take complex things and represent them by simpler things and then build those up into building blocks so that you can see more complex patterns, you can build hierarchies of abstractions. And of course, the written word helps you do that. And outlines, just with a pencil and paper, helps you do that. So I'm, I'm looking at 
better ways for me to handle complex abstractions that consist of associations between juxtapositions of relationships among a lot of small pieces of data. That's, that, that's sort of how I go about writing books, and it used to be I would write them out on cards and put them on the wall or put them on the, the table. So I have a, a real methodology in mind, but it's really a combination of how you train your, your, your mind to use the tool and the tool itself. So I got when, when, uh, when Jerry said that makes perfect sense to me, there's, there's part of the tool that we're not seeing, and that's inside Jerry's uh, actual um, neural brain. So I talk about this in, probably we're going to have to have several episodes I can see about this, but when I talk about using uh, NetVibes as a dashboard, then it's really a combination of knowing how to, to create feeds and, and, and pipe uh, persistent searches and Yahoo pipes into feeds, but it's also about how you arrange the dashboard according to your workflow. So you have different pages for, for different realms. I have a, a page for, for teaching, and I have a page for my personal dashboard, and then there's the tab level of abstraction on each tab. I'm, I have a tab on information about me that flows in. I've got a tab on education, etc. I organize the tabs so the ones that are the most germane to my uh, nearest deadline deliverables are on the left. And then when you click down in the tab level and you've got a lot of feeds, I use the upper left for the feeds that I, I refer to the most and that are updated the most. And, and I, I move the things that are the least updated, the least referred to, to the lower right. So there's a, a, a mental model and a mental habit of classifying information that goes along with the, the tool. So back to the theory of thinking tools, that's what Licklider was talking about in 1960 when he wrote about human-computer symbiosis. So I'm interested in, in both surfacing the, the mental heuristics that I use uh, to, to, to really um, be able to put in a step-by-step -step screencast for students how, as a journalist, for example, you can uh, tune information streams on specific topics to come from you from everywhere, from Delicious, from Flickr, from YouTube. And you can use pipes to put that into to one feed. You can use PostRank to filter them uh, according to the, the degree of engagement people have with those. And you can throw those things together very quickly and then fit them onto a dashboard. So there's a whole hierarchy of abstractions, both on the level of the Web 2.0 tools that are available to help us manage information streams. But then how does that information turn into knowledge? There's a, a lot of filtering that goes on at the attention level. And so I'm using the dashboard as kind of the interface to attention. Um, Donna asked whether screencasts can be embedded in the brain. Um, uh, if it's on the web page, you can you can you can put it in. I don't know whether you can embed it. I know that in um, Prezi you can Im embed Flash. So I was talking uh, in in the uh, text chat that um, Adam Shumlai Fisher, the original designer of Prezi, he's he's, he's based in Hungary, uh, but he was in the San Francisco Bay Area and 
I got together with him. He was such an interesting guy, and he showed me some interesting things that he was doing using Prezi as a, a group thinking tool, as a kind of community memory in real time, kind of like graphic recording, but in multiple dimensions and multiple media. I invited him to come to my class, and he came to class on Tuesday with an, an, an assistant who uh, chatted with him while he was digging up links and also taking pictures of the people in the room and videos. And he was also taking our prezies, our flash presentations, our, our videos, and embedding them in the prezi. And so he, he made a, a recording of the class that is in itself an embeddable object. And it got the, the students were tremendously excited by it. And I'm moving towards being uh, able to, to do that eventually as a, a, a group. All right, I talked long enough. Some questions? Okay, so uh, how does a person learn to organize their brain in that detail? Well, I'll, uh, um, I'll tell you, I was lost a little bit at first, and I just started playing with it. The usual, you just start messing with it. And after a while, you, you get a sense that, oh, here's a new thought. I ought to put that in. And uh, it has a parent. I ought to link to that parent. And what are its children? And then you're surfing along and you see something that's uh, a natural resource for one of the thoughts that you've created. So you open the, the thought. You drag the URL in after not too long. I mean, at the end of the day, I've got a, a collection. I, I've collected them on Digo and Delicious. Haven't even talked about that part yet. And on, on the brain. Um, but I have many more ways of viewing how they are related to each other, change the ways that they're related to each other via the brain than I do uh, in Delicious. Uh, yeah, the Prezi uh, business with the, the zooming and, uh, and turning uh, can make, uh, make people nauseous. I think it's a little bit like when desktop publishing first happened and people put every single typographical trick they could on a page and they looked awful. So I, I think, and with PowerPoint, people use every single uh, PowerPoint effect. I think that there's, there are, are best practices in Prezi that have yet to be uh, discovered and passed along. So I'm really interested in using multiple tools at the same time. And that's, I'm also interested in, in giving that to my students for a number of reasons, one of them having to do with skills and the meta skill of learning new skills, but also literally to show them that unlike other parts of the canon, like, like physics or biology, there are some things that don't have a single way of, of viewing it. That, in fact, if you view it in multiple ways, you can see aspects of it that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. So I'm looking at the chat here. Yes, MindMeister has an app for the iPhone, and so that's attractive. MindMeister is attractive. Uh, I've really been concentrating on the brain today, but I've got outliners in general. I think that social bookmarking plays a very important part in this ecology, and I'd like to go through it with others to, sh to show how we use it as a discovery tool. So, boy, it's... Uh, I've spent most of the hour talking myself. Maybe 
the next session uh, really ought to start with where we left off here and have more of a collaboration. But I, you know, I wonder if uh, a skilled uh, moderator like like Steve would be able to use something like the brain or MindMeister where we can all see it and build a a map-like record of what we're talking about as we're talking about it. Maybe the control of that can be passed to others. Uh, there, you know, are probably workarounds and ways that could be done. But I, I see a real advantage of being able to have this kind of interactive audio-video lecture, but also to have a some, something collaborative. I haven't played with the whiteboard in that respect at all, but I wonder whether there's a mapping aspect that would be useful in an illuminate environment. Well, you'd have to do, I think, uh, essentially what you've done, which is to share the desktop, but then you can give control to someone else, and so uh, as long as everyone's connection speed is relatively fast, then you could start the map of the brain and actually pass control to someone else who at that point could, could keep working on it. If you wanted to have one single um, construct that everybody was collaborating on together. I think that would be the, the right uh, scaffolding for it, is what, what can we together in a short period of time uh, put together in, in a way that we can all see it and, and mess with it? Chris, Chris, I don't know if you meant to raise your hand, but if you did, I'm giving you the mic. Go ahead and click on the large microphone icon in the audio area. Okay, I think we should go ahead. Chris, if you... Uh, there you go. Uh, I don't know if you heard what I said just then. I did not. Can you repeat it? Chris, the mic works sort of like a walkie-talkie. There you go. There you go. Can you hear me now? Yes. But you just turned yourself back off Stop again, Chris. Chris. There you go. The microphone button lights up yellow when, when it's, it's on. on. There you How go. about now? Is it on now? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, while you were talking, I downloaded my brain and was able to put in seven thoughts in just in under a few minutes. So uh, it actually is pretty intuitive. Um, my question, though, that said, is that you said you put it on a thumb drive, and I see that files, um, you can only add a link. Um, so what if you moved and changed computers, and you wanted to look at that particular uh, file in your brain, but uh, you weren't on the right computer? How do you overcome that? Um, um, I, haven't, I haven't used that uh, feature for that, that reason. I haven't linked it to uh, specific files. I, I suppose I would probably uh, make uh, links to files only on my desktop computer, where 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 most everything is stashed. But yeah, that's a that's a, a problem. I I wanted to talk since we've got uh, about nine minutes left on on my clock here. Uh, so, someone uh, mentioned uh, using uh, to ending up talking about social bookmarking. I actually want to talk more about social bookmarking, but I want to put that into a framework of thinking of these thinking tools uh, on several levels of abstraction. So obviously there is the personal thinking tool, then there's sharing 
the personal thinking tool the way uh, Jerry did with his brain. And then there are, are tools like uh, concept mapping and, and mind mapping that can be used in a social mode as a kind of thinking tool for a group. What's interesting to me, uh, first about Delicious and then about Digo, was that um, it's what uh, the inventor of Delicious, Josh Schachter, calls a selfish technology. Uh, Delicious is useful precisely because it's something that I need to do and a lot of other people need to do in our own self-interest. We, we need to bookmark, we need to tag, and we need to have a repository so that we can easily get to those. It's, it's, it's just not really enough to put it in, in folders in your, in your browser. It's nice to be able to, to have a lot of tags and have multiple entrances to remembering stuff. But um, and I, and I, there's a lot we can talk about this. This is a, a key to turning uh, the social dilemmas in, into uh, uh, institutions for collective action. There's no extra cost to me of making my private decisions public. I'm getting some, I'm getting some sound here. Someone's got an open mic somewhere. It's closed. Um, there's no extra cost to me to make those decisions public. So I make um, um, my, my, delicious, my delicious choices are are made public to anyone who wants to to look at them. And in fact. Others can subscribe to them, and I can subscribe to that of others. But then it becomes an instrument of discovering. I want to get into that because one, one, this is one of the things I, I teach journalists. If you're trying to, to find out about something, um, go see what the, 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 the websites for that tag are that are the most linked. And go see who the first people who linked that were and see what else they've got linked. So, you know, with a, a couple of heuristics, you can pretty quickly traverse networks of interest through Delicious and identify people who are, would be uh, useful members of your personal learning network and with one click add them to your personal learning network. And every page, every tag, every personal tag, every person has an RSS feed. So you can take those feeds and, and mix them and match them in a bunch of ways. So I see Delicious as really being multidimensional in the sense that we're talking about thinking tools for individuals. I need to bookmark stuff, but there's also social thinking tools that's so much more valuable. Digo adds another dimension by enabling me to highlight multiple passages and create unique URLs that will show the, the version of a web text with just um, my annotations on it. My students love this. After they've had a week to read an online text, at our next class meeting, I give them the link to my annotated page so they can see what I thought was important on that page. Uh, there's much, much more to do with that. Uh, group annotation of, of texts where, where people uh, do not share their highlighting until the last moment. So everybody highlights the same text but doesn't see everybody else's highlights until reveal time. I, I, you know, there's a, a lot that you can do um, with that. So uh, Delicious uh, website is uh, delicious.com. I think that fits that, um, so I, I'm surfing all day. I'm, I'm, I'm finding things from, from Twitter, from my RSS feeds, from Facebook, from various virtual communities that I uh, participate in. 
I first I bookmark those on, on Vigo, I highlight it. The stuff that I bookmark on Vigo is automatically highlighted on Delicious. People who follow me on Twitter know that I, I often drop a link in when I've collected resources. So if you go to delicious.com slash hreingold slash thinking tools, you can see my collection there. Sorry, uh, as we know, we can't really multitask. We can only badly do a bunch of tasks in serial order. So I'm putting delicious.com here. If you want to see what else I've found on thinking tools, this is it. And then I can I can I can take the RSS feed from a tag uh, of mine and put that in a widget. So I've got a sprout on attention in which I've got a video about attention, but I've also got a tab that connects to my uh, RSS feed of my delicious links on um, attention. So I, I, there are a lot of ways that we can mix and match these things and, uh, and how, how it gets to be a thinking tool really is another level. This is really about organizing information so that you can find it again. And I think that information is a raw material that needs to be transformed before we can really call it knowledge or really call it learning. I, my, my students are finding that by uh, collaboratively creating a lexicon on the, the wiki, that's very cool. They're collaboratively aggregating information. It really doesn't turn into knowledge until they take that lexicon and begin using it. So I ask them to write a five-minute blog post in which they, they take three words from the lexicon and make a story connecting them. So RSS feeds, uh, there's a question about what, what is an, an RSS feed. So uh, I think uh, I'll probably have a session on, on dashboards, uh, 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 filters, um, and uh, I lost the third one. Um, anyway, RSS is, a, RSS is a great tool for, for connecting information feeds. As, as Mike Rush says, it's a way of having the information find you. So we've got a couple of minutes. Questions? Okay, I hope, to, I, I hope to do this regularly, and I, I hope that we can continue discussions of thinking tools, and I hope I can hear from you folks, maybe at the beginning of the, the next session, what, how you would like to contribute and make this more contributory. Feel free to also go to conversations.net and put in a comment. There's a forum discussion there, and you can actually uh, leave comments there, and we'll, we'll try and check on them next time. I've, I've put up the schedule for future events this month. Um, I sure want to thank Howard. This is a lot of fun. We're experimenting and having a good time, too, I hope. And um, a really fun use for me of the tool and watching uh, this kind of thought uh, take place out loud. So terrific tools tonight. Uh, feel free to put some questions in the chat for Howard. I don't know how long you can stick around, Howard, but we are sort of at the close of the time. When you do close your Illuminate session, you will get a survey. Uh, please do feel free to 
fill that out for us, or please do fill it out for us. It helps us to know uh, what you liked and what we can improve on. So I'm going to clap for Howard and clap for you for coming tonight. And um, uh, as soon as Howard leaves the room, we'll close it down in a few minutes so the recording can process. Okay, thank you, thank you all. Um, this has been really fun for me. I'm, I, I, I view this as kind of my introduction, and next time I'd love to hear from the rest of you a lot more. Um, and I will take a look at conversations.net, see what's going on there, move the conversation to that asynchronously. So thanks for tuning in, and, and bye now. Hi, thanks, Howard. Uh, Donna, you're asking where the video will be. If you go to conversations.net and click through to tonight's session, uh, the recording will be posted there tomorrow. Okay, so it looks like Howard is gone. Uh, feel free to stick around for a couple of minutes, but uh, I do need to close the room down and say about five minutes so that we can process the recording. So Carol, it's so interesting you bring up Google Notebook because I've, while we've been having this discussion tonight, I made a note of the things that I require in a thinking tool for me. And one of them is some complete sense that it's not going away and that it's getting backed up automatically and I don't have to worry about it. And that definitely for me, the lack of those things or the lack of an open ability to transfer it, they stop me from using it fully or effectively. I don't know if anybody else has um, similar kinds of requirements for their brain tools or thinking tools. And my list was had to auto back up, has to be open, you can't be locked in. Uh, having it be free really helps me. Uh, having it be available offline or online also makes a big difference for me. Uh, it has to be dependable, has to be searchable, and it has to actually change how I think. It can't just add complexity to my life. It can't just be another thing I do where I'm organizing, but it doesn't actually change my thinking, but it actually has to change my ability to, uh, to think differently or to come to different conclusions or be more effective. And I'll tell you, my number one tool is Google Docs. Does anybody else feel that way? I think in large part because it fulfills so many of those requirements that I feel very comfortable using it as a primary tool. I, I probably have over a thousand documents. Every time I have a brainstorm or something I record it there, and I feel very comfortable that I'm going to be able to find it later, make connections, and then if I have a thought, you know, I, I go to that document, add it in, and then later if I'm going to write on something about that thought, I have all those collective thoughts in there. So Hannah asks, how do I feel comfortable that it's on and hosted on a Google server? Well, one of the things I do is I have a regular regimen where I back up all my Google Docs into um, .doc format or .xls or .ppt. So that makes me feel comfortable that I, if something happened, I still have everything I, I had written down. DB asks, how do you keep track of all your sites and places mainly in Central? 
Oh, um, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that today. Uh, you know, we all have different uh, gifts or talents. And for me, I'm definitely, I don't drill deeply as much as I like to drill widely. And so, um, you know, I'm, I actually enjoy having a variety of projects uh, that do different things. I don't know if that's a good answer because I'm not necessarily sure I'm tracking everything, but I use, I don't worry about tracking, you know, a lot of the sites I don't check but once a day. Dirk says, not keeping track is the point. Yeah, so I like that, I love that uh, idea of selfish technology. Because for sure, for me, Delicious and Flickr do that. <coughs> Excuse me. They're technologies that I use for myself, but then provide larger benefit to the crowd. Um, and so maybe a second sort of principle there, besides the selfish technology, is one that um, doesn't require that you keep track of it as much as it keeps you informed. Yeah, Carol, I think I feel the same way. I have to uh, I have to make sure it's just not busy work. It actually does something for me. Sure, that's a great point. Uh, yeah, sort of cross-platform capability. I noticed my cell phone becoming more and more a device of choice at certain times. And so if it works on my cell phone, I'm much more apt to use it, like uh, Google Calendar and Google. Uh, actually, Gmail tasks I'm finding I use because I can access it on my cell phone. Yeah, I gotta say I'm a huge netbook fan though. Um, somebody mentioned Dropbox too, and I was thinking, I don't know that I'd call Dropbox a thinking tool or a brain tool, but Dropbox definitely, because of the assurance that I would always have every file I needed, has changed my work life this year. I think you're asking for a second time. I didn't realize I didn't answer. Uh, the, the, the event in Conversations.net, if you click on Howard's event, there should actually be a, uh, a forum discussion capability below that you can reply to the event. Deborah says, we gravitate towards what works for us. Yes, and I still use a leather-bound notebook, and it's my probably most consistent and most helpful brain tool, uh, because I have to jot everything down. I, I have those great thoughts or I have thoughts that I think are great. And boy, that notebook just becomes a wonderful place for me to kind of gather ideas in a way that I don't do on the computer. Maybe because it's more visible, uh, tangible.
And oftentimes I'll transfer, once I get enough of a framework of an idea in my notebook, I'll actually transfer that into a Google Doc. And at that point, it's a natural transfer and I feel very comfortable. But while it still needs to be top of mind, or I still really want to be thinking about it, I'm, it it's much better for me in my notebook. Okay, so I hate to close this down because this is actually as, as much fun, if not more, for me than the initial part. I can't tell E H Vic if you're raising your hand or not, but I'm going to give you the mic in case you are. I don't seem to be able to. Okay, but I better close this down. Thanks, Andrew, for being up early. <laughs> or whatever time. What time is it in Melbourne right now? Well, I'm in a hotel room in Boston, and I'm ready to call it quit, so I'm going to close this down. Uh, Carol says, Steve, I wish we could have a question and answer session on a topic like Google Apps. Okay, Carol, I love this idea. I've been thinking about it all day, and I'm thinking about how to have more discussion-oriented sessions. Uh, if you wouldn't mind emailing me, I'll put my email in the box. Let's figure that out. And I, what I was thinking is a wiki where you could put in any topic that you wanted to talk about. Anybody who's interested in this, please email me, steve at hargadon.com. You have a wiki, you have certain open time slots, and you can pick a topic, and anybody who wants to talk about that topic can come in and they can just talk and share. All open mic, all free, you know, no restrictions. And uh, if you like that idea, email me and we'll, we'll, we'll pull it off and, and do it. The hardest part for me is that none of the tools I use, Learn Central, Classroom 2.0, or Future Education, have a wiki built in. So it would have to be another site, and you know, I feel like it loses a few people. Google Docs format would might be good too. Yeah, the other thought I had was you just have a certain time every day when the room is open, and again, any, like an unconference, anybody can put up a topic and you talk about it, and you just know you're going to talk with a group of people who are interesting, and so you, your Thursday night this week is free, and you just get online and talk tea time and illuminate. Now that, uh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to figure this out because I do think that there's, what we've just done in the last 10 minutes for me has been as interesting and productive as, as the other was. Not in any way to, to say that I didn't enjoy that, but um, it feels like there, uh, that this is a part, this is a kind of conversation that I'd like to have more of. Okay, so let's close it down. Thanks everybody for coming. Sure enjoy this time. And look forward to the next one. If you're if you're interested, the session on the nineteenth should be fascinating for those in the US where no child left behind is significantly impacted by you know, what the Carnegie report will show. Okay, take care. Good night or good day. And we'll see you later. If you're not out in a couple of minutes, I'm I'll just kick you out of the room and close it down.